0: The last thing we're discussing was that movable objects can cause a swear for land, meaning once you're swearing on a movable object, let's say uh, Roven and Shimona arguing about a watch, Bettin says Roven has to swear on the watch. At that point, they could roll a swear on him and make him swear about a property that they're arguing about. Also, and where do we learn this from? We learned this from Sota. Sota says, Amen, Amen. She swears uh, on one thing that she wasn't with another man while married and uh, also while engaged. And we learned that the uh, money laws. Out of a kalva homer, the uh, uh, if if uh, sotai, you need two witnesses to get a swear, and, uh, and you could roll over a swear, then money, which you only need one witness to get a swear, all the more so you'll be able to roll over a swear. And with that, we are starting kafhitam three lines in in the beginning of the line where it says, Ashkihan bivadai. We understand that a person could roll over a swear when the claim is for sure. He is confident in what he's saying. However, safek men Allah Let's say he's not so sure. Meaning, if Shimon says that Reuben is in his land, and that's that, thats the rollover swear that he wants. That I I get it. But how do we know? Even if he's not sure, let's say there's partners and they're fighting over money, and it could be he took it, could be he didn't take it. How do I, know? I could even rollover swear over there? So, it says uh, the, uh, the, the obligation to swear outside of the Betamidash HaMidash, meaning whenever it comes to money, that's every uh, bet in every city. And it also says uh, the concept of a swear inside the Beit Mikdash, which is the Sota situation. The same way, the swear that's done inside the Beit HaMikdash, the whole thing is a Safik. Meaning, if the man knew that his wife was with another man, that's already a different deen, and then they have to get divorced for sure, then she would get burned, hanged, whatever the deen is, but there would be no uh, Sota drinking. The the situation over here is he, he's in Suffolk, and that's why he's making her swear. So the same way we're megalgelah shivua in the Suffolk over there, then af shivua Muraba and also uh, swears that are done outside, meaning outside the bet area, in regular betin. When it comes to money, asaba we made an unsure claim like a sure claim, and we we would even roll over a Shavuah there. So now the Gemara tries to understand How far does a Gilgul Shavua go? How far could I roll over swear? Meaning what's the furthest claim a person could make to make someone swear? So Amar Vida Marav Lehi Shabali She'en avdiata. A person can even roll over and swear and say I want you to swear that you're not my slave Igma stops a second and asks, wait a second. A person who calls him, his, his friend a slave, uh, we should put him in harem. We should excommunicate him. How could you say something like that? Where do you go about making a claim like that on your friend? The Tania. Yeah, we have a says, if a person calls his friend an ayavid, he should be in, 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 in harem. ...betin punishes him. If a person calls his friend a mamzer, he, so, he gets 40 lashes. Rasha, if someone calls his friend a Rasha, you're, read, you're allowed to hate this type of person because when you call someone a Rasha, you're basically telling people don't do business with them, don't have any contact with them. So how do we even allow this uh, this uh, swear to even be made? How do you even make such a claim? El Amar explains... Where the person is saying he ivri. No, a uh, person is saying, "This not only owe me money, but you also have to swear to me that this is the rollover that uh, you were not sold to me as a ivri, uh, as a Jewish slave." The like says, "But that's not that's not pushing it." That's a good claim. That person owes him money. He owes him six years' worth of work. So what's the problem? So the G'mah explains that Rabah, Rabah goes with his reasoning, his, his shita, the Amar Ivri, Gufokanui. Ivri, his body is acquired to the master. And at that point, it's not a metal telene anymore. It's not a movable object anymore. Now it's more on the body of an ivid, which is almost like land. And I would think not to make him swear. And that's the khidush of Rav Yehuda, that you do make him swear. Meaning, at least through a rollover, you could make him swear. The like says, and that's the same thing as Karkau. We mentioned that you could roll over a swear with, uh, with land. If you're a um, movable object, land, we, this is how we started off. So the like Quran explains, I would have thought that only with real land. Because people buy land in private, not everyone has to know about it. I would say if he bought the land, no one would have known about it. However, high this, this whole situation, the whole town would know it. If, if he really would have been him as a slave, everyone would have known about it in town and it would have been famous. And maybe, maybe I wouldn't have to make him swear because the person says the fact that nobody knows about it is the proof that I'm right. Hamash that's the Hidush of Rav Yudah Marav, that even every type of claim, which everyone would have known about, the person could roll over and just swear. And the Ritbah clarifies over here and the fact that you can't make this swear without a Gilgul Sheva because uh, at the end of the day, it is a famous uh, thing, and everyone would have known about it, so it's not good enough to start a claim on it, but if you're very swearing on something else, you could definitely roll over a swear. Next, Mishnah talks about Kenyan Halifin. Kenyan Halifin is when... Someone trades one thing for another. Usually, the way it's done is instead of buying this big thing, people will give something sort of like a handkerchief. We're going to use the handkerchief as the example. Uh, one party gives the other party a handkerchief, and there and the sale is done. The trade has been done. This is a gemara and down rab and levi. According to rab, the buyer is the one who gives the handkerchief to the seller. According to levi the seller is the one who gives the handkerchief to the buyer we hold the halakha like arab the minhag is to uh, give back the handkerchief even though you don't have to and the source to all this is from boaz he acquired the inheritance of elimelech through the, the the passing over of the shoe the words ala geulad, ala timura. Timura is kenyan halifin that's where we learn it from so the mishnalvi says Asad, anything that is made money to pay for something else, meaning if it's a movable object that is used to pay for something else, once the seller got his payment, right away, the uh, the buyer acquired the thing wherever it is, and even though he didn't finish payment, he still ha- he has to finish payment. Because once you start paying, it's as if the entire payment was made, and therefore it's like yours. So, there and the 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 Mishnah explains: Ketzad, how does <laughs> a Kenyan Halifin work? Let's say a Halif shol be para o be shol, let's say we're trading a cow for a bull or a donkey for a bull. Kevanshe zachaze, once one of the parties acquired, then the it Hayev ze be Halifav. Then at that point, The other party is now, uh, he acquired the rights to the other thing, and if anything happens, he still has to pay for it. And the Gemara has a question. Halifin, what's Halifin? What is this uh, tradable item that you talk of? So Digma explains, we're talking about a regular coin. We're going to say that this coin, instead of, uh, we're gonna use it for the monetary value. So this uh, quarter, this shekel, whatever this coin is, we're gonna make it a thing. What's it, What could you use it for? Paperweight. Uh, you could use it as an uh, as something nice on a necklace. But we're using this coin as, as a tradable item. And, and you're coming, it's coming to teach me that a coin could become a tradable item. Now the problem with that is that we know in Babamid, hey, we were Possek, that money cannot be a tradable item. It's money's money. Money is not a fruit. Money not a handkerchief. So that leads, Rav Rav Yudah, he explains the Mishnah as follows. Anything that you have to figure out what the price is in order to trade it for something else. Meaning instead of uh, this book being a book, I'm going to figure out the money value of this book and, and trade it uh, for something else. Let's say this book for that watch and just the money value will be the same. What he's trying to say is any movable object except uh, cash. Once the seller acquired whatever he acquired... The buyer now, he acquired that uh, that thing he traded for. It doesn't make a difference wherever it is, and if anything happens to it, it's the buyer's uh, problem. And if you pay attention to that Mishnah, it says, and it says that case where someone traded the the cow for the bull, the donkey for the bull, shmami. Now what do you learn from here? That... We are talking about anything except money, anything except cash, anything can be used as fee- a Halifin tradable item except cash. So now the Gemara turns back. Let's just talk according to what we originally said that we're talking about money being used as a tra- uh, as a, uh, a tradable item let's say we're gonna this this coin we're, g- we're going to use it like a handkerchief we're not going to use it as a quarter a penny a shekel we're going to use it as a handkerchief right what we originally thought that the That the coin could be used as tradable item. Mike, it said, "What's that second part of the Mishnah coming to teach me? That whole part with the trading the bull, the cow, the donkey with the cow? What's going on over here?" So the person, the the rabbi who holds that we're talking about uh, coin being used as a handkerchief, hachikamar. He'll explain the Mishnah as follows: Perot nami avde halifin. Perot, any movable item, even if it's not uh, vessels. It, you could also use as tradable items like like if a person traded the meat of uh, the cow for a bull or the meat or or the meat of a donkey for a cow the minute one side received the payment or be, began to receive payment the second person already acquired whatever he traded for and anything happened it's his problem. So, this works perfect. According to Rav shesha he holds fruits, meaning whatever comes out of something like the meat, like actual fruits, okay, they can become uh, move, uh, They can become tradable item, okay, not just vessels, also the the fruits, meat, things like that. According to Rav Nahman, that fruits cannot become tradable items, only vessels. how he can explain the second part of the Mishnah? So the graph explains and again this is according to one hold we're talking about uh cash becoming handkerchief. So Rav Nahman holds fruit cannot become tradable items he would say he'll say that there is money that works like tradable items if someone traded the worth of a of a ox for a cow or or the money worth of a donkey for a cow. And the case would be, let's say, someone sold someone a donkey and he never paid for it. Or let's say someone sold a a bull and never paid for it. And now the other person says, listen, you don't mind. uh, Can I have a a cow or can I have a bull instead? Something along those lines. Instead of giving me the cash, give me a bull. You could just give him the cow and you don't need another kinyan. My tama, what's the reason? Why could that work? In general, money doesn't work. Money is not good enough. So uh, he'll tell you that uh, the, the, the the Rav Nahman will hold Savala Kerebi Yochanan. He holds the Yochan de Amad de Medin Torah money works. If someone pays for an item, for a movable item, he it's his. What's the reason? Um, you have to dafka pull on an item in order to acquire it. It's gezerah sheme yomar it's baalia. that someone might pay for someone for something, and then before actually receiving it, before actually getting it, uh, let's say the person's factory will burn. then tell, listen, your uh, your wheat has been burnt in the in the factory in the storage house um well it's on you you already paid for it it was yours it's a, even though he never received it so therefore said, just in case that type of situation happening it's not his until he actually pulls it so in a regular case like buying and selling made a just in case therefore you have to make a However, in this type of case, where the person already sold the Macau and never got the money for it, and now he wants a bull, okay, de lo that's something that's not normal. Logazru be rabbi, hachamim didn't make the gezerah of you have to actually pull something. In that case, um, once they said the tra- they, they'll, they'll make the trade, then it works. So again, according to the rabbi holds, we're talking about money. This is what Rav Nahman would say. So now, ulreshlakish, but what about reshlakish who argues under Reb and he holds de'amar mesicha miforesht natorah that really uh, to, you have to pull something. It's uh, it's from the Torah. The Torah says, You have to bite from the hand of your friend. That's called meshicha So hanicha, I understand Savar la kerav Sheshat. I understand the reshlakish held like Rav Sheeshat de'amar pirot avde halifin that fruits. Uh, can become tradable items, okay. Me tarits will explain like Rav Sheshat that you could use uh, fruits, to, you could use meat to, to make tradable items and not just vessels. Ela, he savada valaka of fresh, like he holds like Rabbi Nachman who argues in Rabbi Sheshat, the Amar Perot law of the Halifin. He holds that fruits uh, cannot become tradable items, you have to use a vessel or something like that, you have to use a shoe, a handkerchief, something like that, and you cannot use cash. So, by how is he going to explain the Mishnah? According to again, we're talking about the money. What's how? If you hold, it we're talking about money, then how would you fit it according to uh, Rav Nachman? How would you fit Rish according to Rav Nachman? It would be a mess. So the gemain's off your right. You'd have to say that Rish does not fit according to Rav Nachman. He would only fit according to Rav Sheshat that you could make uh, the fruits into tradable items. And you can make anything a tradable item and not adjust vessels. Now, by the way, this is Rashi's main way of explaining the sugiya. He brings another uh, another way to explain the sugya that Rav and Rav are arguing on actual fruits, uh, meaning things like meat, and, and we're not talking about other items that are not vessels. And Rashi pushes it away, but Tosfot brings a shita that maybe it could fit. Very good, i look in sugya if you get a chance. Next, Mishnah. Reshuta gavoa ediot b'chazaka. When when uh, redeeming something from hikdash, let's say here someone uh, wants to buy a uh, a chair from the Beta hamikdash, then that has to be done with uh, money. Until money is transferred to the treasurer of the Beta hamikdash, the, the the sale or the redemption is not final. Orshuta idiot b'chazaka, but when transferring uh, possession when it comes to regular people then it all depends on who ha- uh, who has uh, the, the possession meaning there has to be a hazakah someone has to hold on to something and another halakha is that once someone says something is, is hekdesh, that's All uh, that's all that is needed in order for transfer of possession to go to the Beta HaMikdash. It's like you already gave it to the Beta HaMikdash. So when I say this chair is Hekdash, it's as if it's already been given to the treasure of the Beta HaMikdash. And the Gemara starts how is it that the that the transfer of possession when it comes to this all depends on money if the treasurer of the beta migdash gave someone money for an animal as long as the treasurer gave the uh, farmer the the money Even if the animal's at the end of the world and didn't actually hold on to it, that's it. The transfer of possession has happened and that's it. But with regular people, there is no transfer of possession until someone pulls it. So how do we have a case of just saying something is hekdesh? Is it's as if giving it to a regular person. If someone said, this bull will be in Ola, my house will be ola even if they're at the end of the world, Kana, the Hikdish acquired that bull or that house. However, In the regular uh, case regular people, there's no transfer. Ad Until someone pulls that bull or that house or does a Hazakah or something, with regular people, the transfer position possession has to, there has to be a Hazakah, uh, There has to be a Meshichad. There has to be something. Now, let's say a person is dealing with the Hekdesh. He pulled the animal, let's say, from the Hekdesh. He pulled that share. it was worth a hundred. Viloi speak liftoto, but he never, he never gave the money. And now, Now it's worth two hundred. Well, no ten time He has to pay two hundred. Why do you have to pay the Hekdesh more money? because there's a pasuk that says, "Give the money, and then it's yours." Meaning, with Hekdeish, it has to be cash. No cash, the, nothing counts. However, Let's say you pulled that uh, animal per se. Uh, for 200 and then it went down in price uh, if uh, it's 100 no in has to give 200 my Tama, what's the reason we don't want the the transaction between people to be more stringent than uh, than with the heck meaning in a case of two people if the person pulled it it was worth 200 then it went down you have to pay 200 so the same thing with the dish. it shouldn't go down in price now, case number three, If he paid the two hundred, speak but then it went down in price. Not in Matayim, he still has to pay two hundred. what's the reason? Kesef, give the money, and then it's yours. You see, it's all about the money. However, money, let's say he paid hundred. He gave the Hiklesh hundred. but didn't pull it, then it went up in price. Ma whatever he redeemed, he redeemed, and that's it n'oten he only has to give the g'desh a hundred. So now the Gemara asks, am I? Why is he only giving a But we should also over here say that the power of a, the power of a transaction between people shouldn't be more stringent than Hekdesh and say the same way when buying uh, from someone it, it's not a sale until there's actually a, a, a pulling same thing with take dish and make him pay the higher price and think of answers even with the regular transaction between two people if someone paid the lower price and then it went up in price and the person wants to change the price isn't there the famous misha uh, paracas if someone changes the price on someone I meaning let's say someone paid and then the person changed the price uh, and he wants more money now there's a curse whoever uh, the, the curse is Hashem who punished Dora Mabul and Dora Pelaga should punish a person who goes back on his statement Meaning, in a lot of words, that if, if, even if, if we're comparing a dish to regular people, in this exact case, if someone's dealing with another person, and he gives him a uh, hundred, and then it went up in person, the person wants to change the price, he wouldn't be able to. The only way he would do it is if he accepts upon himself uh, the curse. And no one's going to want the curse, right? So therefore, you can't do it. So therefore, if the, if the Hedyot wouldn't be able to do it, then the dish is not allowed to do it either. And therefore, if he paid a hundred and went up in price to two hundred, uh, too bad he redeemed it, and th- that's it. He gets to take uh, whatever he mm. redeemed, and we'll stop right here. Baruch Hashem. Amen.